Wonderful. Let me see the YouTube's at full screen with chat. Oh. And we are live. So there's going to be another episode of Audio Files Anonymous. And we're just sort of setting stuff up here and uh, making sure everything is posted in the right places. <laughs> um, and we'll be getting ready to go here in just a sec. I'm being joined by, of course, Tyler, uh, Chrono, and oh, the end. Well, oh. Precog. I'm sure we'll get the name changed. <laughs> um, change it, yeah. It, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but in any case, uh, what we'll be doing today is we'll be going through uh, one of the AES papers. And actually, this is something that we're going to be doing going forward here a little bit. Um, the idea is, you know, we all read uh, an AES paper, the Audio Engineering Society paper um, beforehand, and then discuss it on the live stream. Um, and uh, yeah, basically, uh, this this one today we're going to be talking about is the effects of um, age uh, experience and and culture uh, on uh, on preference uh, tuning preferences and this is a paper that's linked in the description of this video uh, it's a paper written by Sean Olive and I I guess before launching into this I should probably give a bit of context for the paper um, for the viewers who haven't had a chance to read it, which I don't imagine people have had a chance to read it, but uh, yeah, Chrono on video. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a real wizard. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'll give a bit of context uh, on this paper. It's published, I believe in 2014. And so since it's uh, publication or since it was published, there's obviously been a lot more headphones that have come out. And I think there's also been more research done um, just in general, uh, not just on this subject, but there's been more research um, that they've that they've been doing as well. And so there's there are a few things that we're, we're probably going to, we're going to go into the methodology and poke holes and scrutinize things because there, there's definitely some scrutiny that's that's warranted here. Um, but before doing that, I think it's just worth remembering what the context is for when this paper was published, what what headphones were out at the time, what people were talking about at the time, um, and also that this it, it's the target curves that were established at the time as well. So back then, um, so the 2013 Harmon uh, research had had already been done, um, but we didn't have the 2018 curve yet. Uh, because yeah, that was done in 2017, 2018. So um, there's a uh, there's a bit of a mention in the paper of the different target curves that that existed before that as well, like the Loro curve and the diffuse field and free field targets as well. And so this is in in many ways kind of like their attempt at at saying. Um, the no age culture and experience doesn't have an impact um, on preferred tunings and that the Harman target that they had developed um, just before this uh, was the one that people most likely preferred or it was at least predictive um, and that's the other bit of context that I want to add to this it's that in the conclusion of this paper uh, he states that it's not the the, the findings aren't conclusive but rather that they're predictive. And so what that means is that essentially there's more research to be done before we can say definitively, uh, you know, no, there's no impact. There's no influence of age, experience, and culture on um, preferred tunings. 
And as we'll see with the methodology, there are very good reasons why it's not conclusive. <laughs> um, but uh, so with all of that out of the way, I also want to note that um, as much as we're going to you know, find a number of caveats and scrutinize this from like, let's say an audiophile perspective, it's also worth mentioning that I'm, I mean, I'm speaking for myself here, I'm really glad that this research is being done. And I think it, it does warrant more investigation. And I think it is, it's great that they're doing this. And, and one of the things just having been sort of on that side of things, like the, the academic side of things, not for audio, but in the past, I can say that it is actually really difficult to run these kinds of experiments. So, you know, it, it's it's really cool to see um, this kind of thing being done in the headphone space as well. And so there will be other papers that we'll be talking about that, that relate to this uh, subject. And so just keep all of that in, in mind. Um, now, without further ado, let's, <laughs> let's dive right in to the question at hand that this paper tries to answer. Uh, does experience, age, and culture have an influence, have an impact on tuning preferences? Um, and let me actually begin by uh, just running this by uh, our resident stats expert, uh, Precog. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't mind, I could put oh, you no. on the spot. Um, was there anything from a like methodology standpoint as far as um statistical significance that jumped out at you that that made you kind of go like like scratch your head a little bit because there were a few things for me but i just want to get your take on that first since you're you i mean sure like just in general there was a lot of like sample buys when they were doing their um uh their initial uh whatever it was i think the the split between men and women was like 86% men yes. to 14% women. Yeah. And there's physiological differences there, obviously. Yeah. And that's going to account for, it could account for quite a difference. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think they also had the, a good majority of the people in the US, I want to say were their Harmon trained yeah. listeners. While the, None of the people in Canada were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And then also the, the, um, the group that was uh, the Chinese segment was only 26 people. Yeah. Something like that. There were, there that, was a lot of, and, yeah, and it was Canada 69, around. Germany 72 and China was 26. Yeah. And then the U S yeah. had a huge, it was probably closest to looking like the, I mean, it was over, what, it was around like 240 people that they, yeah. 240, uh, yeah. 238, like 238. Yes. Yeah. Um, which on its own, like having run panels in the past, uh, to me, um, there would be some questions about um, statistical significance, but in the pa in this paper, it, they did run those tests as well. It looked mm -hmm. like so they yeah, had yeah, so they had some confidence level there. Um, I, I'm not sure which tests they did run. If there was, this was like a uh, like a t test or whatever it is, but it's been a long time since I've done those. Um, I just I just have to imagine that this is at least somewhat um, significant. Um, <clears throat> Was there anything else, yeah, that, that, that jumped out of you um, as far as like, uh, yeah, the, the stats stuff goes? Mm. Not really. I, I mostly just skimmed it, honestly. But yeah, yeah <laughs> most of it, most of the paper is actually just methodology. Yeah. And then yeah. there's some conclusions, right? Right, um, right. I guess we should back up and explain to people what, uh, like what the test was that they ran. So what they did was they had, um, they had, yeah, all, uh, maybe I think it was like four segments. So there's a uh, United States, Canada, Germany, and China. 
and this was this was where they were you know, this was sort of like let's say the cultural differences or the regional differences uh and then they also had trained listeners and untrained listeners then they had male male and female and then they also had age differences as well and that's one sticking point that i think is worth pointing out but we'll get to that um and then what they did uh for this test is at least if i read this correctly and sean olive can correct me on twitter if i'm wrong about this but <laughs> um the way i've the way i understood this was they would they took a a headphone and then matched its frequency response to the frequency response of a number of other well-recognized headphones at the time and the headphones and this is where my biggest sticking point is and i think this is gonna be tyler's as well they took for their virtual headphone uh, uh test case i guess a sennheiser hd 518 and then this was the one that they so what they did was they then used the frequency response of a number of these other headphones um in particular the sennheiser hd 800 so not the s i believe mm -hmm. the else <clears throat> the odyssey lcd2 i think second revision they called it um who knows what we're on now <laughs> and then they also used the beats studio it was deep beat studio pro one of those Beats, Beats. Uh, Speed Studio, and it was one from 2014, so it was like one of the first wireless ANC Beats. So it was like yeah, the yeah, top yeah, of okay. the line one from 2014 at the time. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then people were asked to they they could have like a a slider to say you know which one which one they preferred. But the reason why they did it this way, the reason they used the virtual headphone testing methodology rather than actually putting headphones on people's head, was um, so that you wouldn't have preference skewed. Uh, or bias skewed due to differences in comfort and weight and things like that. Um, which to me, it's like you have to go one way or the other on this. Um, there's there's the lesser of two evils here, uh, and, and in my mind, they did achieve it. But I think they also went about this in the wrong way. In the wrong way. But um, either you you get influenced by the bias of um, people saying oh yeah this one's heavier or it's less comfortable therefore i'm not going to like it as much or i'm not liking it as much and that you know affects what they report as far as like preference or uh you uh, run into issues with um eq and potentially being a little bit off the mark as far as other aspects apart from tonal balance that may also influence um preference like for example detail retrieval dynamics and soundstage um, and so, yeah, um, why don't I actually throw this question to Chrono since he's sitting there looking so directly at the camera. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to have to explain the scuff setup before I start speaking. So if you see me looking all the time in here, it's because I have my phone on a selfie stick. That's where I'm reading the chat because my actual computer monitor is to my left, my left. Yeah. And then the camera is just well there as well. It's 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 what I could could match the setup uh for the screen stuff if you actually get and, and he actually has a notice. very, very tiny microphone too. I don't know if that's why that you could resolve go ahead and no, I was just going to say, you can see he's wearing his wonderful HD800S with our broken connectors, so. Lies. <laughs> they're actually, they're actually broken. You can't hear a word we're saying. Yeah, actually, Chrono, can you turn your volume up a little bit? He has subtitles on. <laughs> Closed caption stream. Wait, turn on my I'll, volume? <laughs> yeah, turn your volume up a little bit. I'll throw, I'll throw this question to Tyler, because I know mm -hmm. he wants to scrutinize this as well. So, Tyler, um, any initial I thoughts? Yeah, if you... Just turn it up in. Uh, you can yeah. Turn it up in in uh, zoom, zoom zooms. 
Um, um, yeah, so Tyler, um, t take it away. Let, let me hear your concerns and initial take of this of this paper. Uh, I have a lot, to be honest. So, <laughs> um, like, uh, there's just so many things that, like, so I guess for, to, to stick to the main topic of the paper, which would be the gender, the the um, culture, and age. Actually, I'm not sure gender was included was gender as, far as one, oh, of the, one of the parameters that they, but they did test this. Yeah, it's they did test it. I don't know if this was the initial. Yeah. Uh, influence experience. of listeners, experience, age, and culture. So yes. age, yeah. experience, and culture. Okay, so taking that into account, right? So um, at the end of the day, like I didn't really see too much on that, like if that makes sense. Right. Like, I mean, it was there, but it wasn't like, it didn't seem like that was a focus. It almost seemed like more of the focus was on the Harmon curve itself, if that makes sense. Right. So so there was one, I, I, I'm going to be kind of like trying to straddle the middle ground here because mm -hmm. I do think there's something valuable here, but I share many of your concerns. Oh, no, I think, and, so, uh, sorry, yeah, um, I, I agree with you. More studies is better, always. Seeking knowledge is always, I'm always yeah. on board for that. But I also think you should also be able to poke holes in it if there's holes to be poked. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I do think, I mean, that's the other thing to mention with this is that in their conclusion, which again, let's say 80% of this was methodology and results, mm -hmm. which is great. And then, you know, the conclusion was a very small portion. And in the conclusion, they also did indicate the, the limitations of the study which to me yeah. it's like, well, it just needs more funding <laughs> or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, um, always, it, always the that's case. Always, yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, and also just even like like trying to, it, I had to, as I was reading this, I kept thinking to myself how, like this would be really difficult to put together in a way that would yeah. be satisfying to me. <laughs> yes. You know? So I, what would I, you do differently? I mean, so uh, in this one, I instantly, my, my first instant, I'm not, I'm not an EQ guy. Right. So that was my instantaneous like turn off right off the bat um, right. was that they took the four headphones and they took one of them, which was probably the least capable of the four to then EQ to sound like the other three and then test virtually the other ones through like, you know, emulating yeah. the other ones. And that was my instantaneous like well, that, that, you, that defeats the purpose of a lot of these. But anyways, besides that, um, for me, like I think that the the overall take on this is that if I was to do this myself in a way that would make sense to me, I mean, it's tough because like you, without actually physically putting each different headphone on them blindly, like the double blind factor. Put, putting blindfold yeah, on them. You'd have to put a blindfold <laughs> on them. Yeah, that was yeah. literally the only thing. And then you have to make sure that isn't causing seal issues. You have or to make sure. Covering the ears. Or yeah, yeah, like there's so many factors. So I guess there's that. Like I would just say maybe at the end of the day you do blindfold these people. I mean, that would be a factor. I mean, they're not going to be blindfolded for very long. And then you bring in the headphones and plug them in and then you can say, and then they could have like a, 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 like four buttons, right? And each button would have like a different actual physical feel to it that would be different. So you know that you're pressing, like just literally oh, it could be like a one, a two, a three, or four. And you keep yeah, the blindfold yeah. the whole time. And you go, okay, well, I like one, this one I like, or even just say, uh, they could have like a slider, for instance. Um, and so when they have a headphone on, they can slide up how much they like it. But the problem with that, though, is they can't instantly change between the four. There has to be somebody else there to like constantly swap in the headphones, right? And so that just, it's just, it's a time factor. It's there. So I get it, but I, I don't agree with the, the virtual emulation of other headphones through EQ because I think you're losing a ton of factors in there. Um, um uh, yeah. other, other than, 
again this goes back to like the question of, of prudence like, for for the study right study yeah um, but for the, you also have to deal with auditory memory when you're switching headphones and yes all the rest of this stuff there's um which is not if anyone's done a b will know the volume yeah. matching to like <laughs> yeah. you know, there's so much things um outside of that like i think for the actual study itself like um i would also would have liked to have seen more probably uh, uh more thoughts on that like going into it like what's what's the hearing loss was they kind of talk about a little bit like hearing loss factors for age um for the other piece i would think of would be like the the younger uh, age groups would be it would have been interesting to see what what uh like it would be cool if they did a hearing test for everyone first and, and then had their hearing tests you know i mean obviously not associated with each individual person but like just have like that the hearing test for like the age groups maybe and you could average it, it out have the hearing test they did say that they're there was a couple train listeners trains listener had hearing tests yeah, those uh, they weren't deaf yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> they lost. my bad yeah <laughs> they were deaf <laughs> yeah but, but actually I, I, yeah i did think it was funny that they they you know talked about their mm-hmm. uh harman what was it their harman like train listening. listeners yeah train yeah listeners. they have levels too and stuff levels yeah, yeah. Program. that was interesting to me but, and then yeah. that's the other part that bothered me a little bit was like this is a study by harman yeah, and they're using Harmon yeah. people. I know it was to do yeah, it's, I find <laughs> it's, that's that's one of the biggest issues I had with it. It was like it's the experiencing. It's like it's self-rated. It's mm-hmm. not really like a questionnaire. It's just like, well, how experienced do you think you are? Yeah, that's, that's a little. That to me feels a little all over the place. And then there was yeah. the, you know, like thirty-five of the people who were like, I think it was forty-four percent, somewhere around that of the. Of the people who were in the experience category, were see thirty-seven percent, uh, a lot of experience. In this category, Harmon trained listeners forty-four percent. So yeah. So yeah. So so Chrono, uh, what were your like? Uh, uh, what were your thoughts on the on the conclusion apart from? Well, yeah. I guess first, what was your thoughts on the methodology, and then what were your thoughts on the on the conclusion? I see Marcello's asking. You know what what Chrono's thoughts are since he's the youngest stud of the group that listens to genres of music. <laughs> yes, uh, all sorts of stuff, I guess. Um, Actually, I don't know how old Precog is. So. How, have you heard of the team? Oh, Precog's the youngest of the group. Precog, yeah, it's baby, the Atlas, baby. the Atlas. What? Hmm. what? Anyways, uh, as far as the study, wait, is the microphone fine? Because I'm yeah, you sound good. You sound good. You sound good. Um. It's it's a strange. I find it strange because it's it just. I mean, I guess it focuses solely on frequency response. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that if it should have been done with headphones since it omits so many other qualities of the headphones that are you know that are being put into question. Right. So it's not just the HC hundred frequency, but it's everything else that comes along with it. Uh, resolution, uh, base extension. If you count that, is performance. Right. Uh, soundstage. I know you mentioned that, but for me, that's one of the biggest things that kind of bothered me about it. I was like, well, they they probably should. It probably would have been more consistent, and more fair if they were if they were solely focusing on frequency response, which is that's what I get from from the paper, right? It should have been like on speakers because that's easier to to manage than than the headphones, right? Because you don't have to deal with all the different coupling and gain and, and whatever else is going on, which makes more did, sense to me. They they did say though that this was based on uh like they made mention of uh the differences between free field diffuse field and harman and why they were you know trying to go with let's say uh a 
a loudspeaker in a decent room or in like a you know, optimized room if that was and that was kind of like again because this post dates or is after the the initial 20 or well yeah the todd and welty the, the todd welty and and sean olive paper from mm-hmm. 2013 uh they're going with that as with that as the assumed target for uh you know let's say flat measuring speakers in a good room uh rather than what they ended up with after that as well but i think the the point about frequency response is really important because they're not trying to with this paper at least they're not trying to suggest that um you know this is what people from different cultures prefer in headphones, but merely that this is the kind there's of tuning no. mm-hmm. that people prefer in from, 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 from different cultures. And that there's no difference as far as like, no, there's no cultural difference as mm-hmm. far as the, the specific tuning and the frequency response. That doesn't necessarily mean, and I know that Sean Olive doesn't know, doesn't think that there's such thing as resolution, but. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. It doesn't, uh. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't, uh, uh, it doesn't say anything about the rest of the aspects of, of what a headphone uh, can do, like soundstage and dynamics and all the rest of this stuff or detail. Yeah, I mean, to me, it was just, it was pure frequency response. And I don't yeah. think if that was the case, I don't think headphones was the way to do it. And if that was under the assumption that that, that if it's tuned to that speaker, then that's the speaker that I really would prefer anyways, right? Yeah, but right. That, but but the goal is to, if the goal is to try and predict what kind of frequency responses people would like in headphones, right? Because I mean, that that was what they set out to do then i mean i could see what you're saying like you could do this with speakers and it might actually work better because then um you're not dealing with as many of these additional factors but then the problem is you'd have to also figure out what that tuning is at the eardrum which can which could also be a bit of a challenge (laughs) because then you know you'd be able to you have to like do some sort of extrapolation of the data to be able to figure out what that tuning would be in headphones so I think they just wanted to make again probably because it was easier to do this way um but yeah i'd have to that's an interesting question that i think is probably worth bringing up um to me there were a few issues with the methodology again i don't think this study is something that's going to satisfy the scrutiny from the audiophile world because as, as all of you guys have been pointing out they didn't account for things apart from frequency response. And we know that we value things beyond just frequency response. But um, I was telling Tyler this earlier, like my biggest issue with this was that they used the five, the HD 518. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why wouldn't you use the LCD2 or something like, that has a little better ones? EQ yeah. capability at least, <laughs> At the right? same time though, like this, this, regardless of how you know capable the driver is, how flexible it is in responding to EQ and stuff like that. Still missing the soul of the headphone. I mean, well, I was, sorry. I was going to mention talk, that, but I've, I've tried, you know, like Harman, like very, very, Harmon adhering EQs on, on some headphones, and they don't. It doesn't always work Dude, for some headphones. No, even, it even breaks them. It, the thing, it, yeah, some of them just don't sound right. Like they just never quite sound the same from one another. Even if yeah. even on the gross, they must be measured the same. If you take a Sesvara and you compare it to a K three seventy one, the K three seventy one adheres more closely to the Harmon target. For, for for bass at least well yeah in general it adheres more closely to the harmon target but i don't think there's anybody in this world who would prefer the k371 over the susvara <laughs> like i just i just don't think that's the thing and, um and that's real and world and like examples yeah like that's yeah. And so 
And yeah. if you EQ'd a K371 to the same frequency response as a Savara, they would not sound the same, definitively. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are extreme, but... Yeah, but it's also that assumption itself. I mean, I think anybody in this call, probably anybody in chat would make that choice. Yeah. But for that, that won't be the case for everybody. Some people will prefer the K371. Well, yeah. okay. Preference, you're preference is a factor too. Yeah, like uh, it's all the other preference. Factors. Yeah, that's what yeah, yeah, There's yeah, yeah. so many factors that totally, are not totally. being accounted for. Yeah. That was my but biggest as issue. As, with it. as far as the technical performance goes, they wouldn't be, you know. Or EQ a, let's do it the other way. EQ a Savara to a K371. Well, there's one's nobody. One's an open back though. So I know, it, I know, it, but it, that didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, they didn't it, care about that. They didn't care about that. Which reverb, which like, I mean, there's all sorts of things that are coming into play when you deal with the, I don't know. That's it's. I'm just giving you a hard time with the Suzbara because I know you like you love mentioning. That okay, Does, doesn't okay. Take something else, right? Something that, that take an eight. I mean, you've got the HD100s, right? Or even take an Aria, right? The, there are soundstage and separation qualities for those headphones that don't mm -hmm. exist in the HD518 or the K371. Yeah. Um, so, but see, okay, there there were a few other issues that I that I had um, with this, um, and again, like all of this to me is anchored or underscored by the caveat that it's really difficult to do and they were probably just trying to find what would be good predictive tunings to suggest for to, to recommend you know headphones get developed for not necessarily what other aspects are important to people right they didn't care they weren't like saying okay what headphones do people prefer they were saying what tunings what frequency response or what type of sound signature do people prefer um and i think that that distinction probably matters for for us audiophiles i know it doesn't matter for people who think that frequency response is all there is um but you know we've been we've been doing this for long enough to know that that's that's not all there is yeah. <laughs> or if you know if it's if it's there in frequency response there's still something missing as far as our ability to interpret that i'm just gonna say it eq is the devil i'm sorry it is <laughs> Disagree. Um, <laughs> doubt. <Hard> doubt. Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong button. <laughs> um, Where, where's the, yeah, the mute button? <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so so um, there there were a couple other issues that I wanted to point out. The first is, um, well, the first is that they only used three songs, and yeah. as much as those songs were probably fine as far as you know the overall dynamic range and all the rest of this culture stuff. It, 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 <laughs> I, I really think if you're trying to give a a if, you, if, if you're if you're trying to yeah conclude that there's no difference as far as culture is concerned uh and and well that was the biggest one for me for culture um but also probably age to a certain mm -hmm. degree you would use three songs only and Which doesn't make sense because there's, uh, yeah, like, sorry, go ahead. You, you're, you're they, on the right Well, I, I want to say they, <laughs> they omitted like a pretty wide range of genres because they went with mm -hmm. two sort of jazz like, pop songs and, and one hip hop one rock, song. Right? Or hip hop, yeah. Yeah, sorry, rock, one was rock, a jazz rock. pop, one was pop rock, and then one was hip hop. I'm and like, I just no, think, no, like, no. well, what what about all the, and don't get me wrong, I, like, the Steely Dan song is a great song, especially. <laughs> they use, yeah, I think sure. it's a fantastic uh, song. Yeah. I have no issues there. But, you know, no classical music, no acoustic jazz, no uh, electronic music. I guess the hip hop kind of counts as that. So a bit. we have uh, it was uh, Estelle with Kanye West, American yeah. Boy, uh, Steely Dan, Two Against Nature, and then yeah. Dido or Dido, 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 Safe yeah, Trip Home. So, uh, so jazz pop, rock pop, and hip hop. So we got a lot yeah. of pops 
hops. I just I just don't think that's enough to satisfy, you know, the but then again, that is also there were a few interesting things to note with this is that and and, and the first is that um in Germany they had a they had a slight or it was more preferable uh that they liked or it was more the case that they preferred the HD eight hundred. Um, now they didn't prefer it more than the Harman one on the whole, but there was a higher preference for the HD 800. Um, now to me, that's a little bit interesting for starters. I mean, who was, who was tested, right? Cause I feel like that depends. I feel like the age group bit is and that's, more important. Well, I was going to get to that next. So, and the age group one, the older people, and this to me is where the, there was a little bit of a double standard there as far as the conclusions that were drawn or the findings that were drawn from the data. And let me know what you guys think of this, because to me, it seemed like there was a double standard as far as being apologetic on the one hand for um, in, 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 in favor of the Harman target for the group of people who um, only preferred it a little bit over the HD 800 and then no, nowhere near as apologetic to the older demographic that actually preferred the HD 800 over the Harman the Harman target, stating that it, there just wasn't enough data on that. And my answer, or my my, I guess, charge against that is to say that there's just, I mean, if you're if you're going to say there's not enough data for the older demographic on this um, to invalidate the conclusion that they the results, or not invalidate, but to to, yeah, take away from the results that they prefer the HD 800 over the Harman target, uh, then there's just not enough data in general either for everything else, <laughs> right? Like unless there was only like two people over 55, um, which I don't know if you can find that in the in the data there, Tyler. I'll pull it up. Uh, let's see here, age, uh, not really, it kind of just limits but, it to over a certain age. Yeah, so 55 plus is what, yeah. I'm, is what I'm looking at. And, they, and it did show that they preferred headphone two which I assume was the HD 800. Yeah, but, and that's yeah. the other part I didn't like, was they did like <laughs> HP, like they were like, these are what we use, but then they didn't say which ones were actually like the no, preferred. No, but I think we can. I yeah, think I, was, we can. I, was try, I was trying to figure out, That's I was trying to look for that in yeah. papers, like what, what, which yeah. was like the one, two, three, and yeah. four. Yeah, because they, they did. four is the Harman one, because, you know. Harman. No, no, headphone one was the Harman one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and headphone four was the Beats. So, um. I, I think this study would have been, again, like better if they'd chosen more uh, or variety of tracks, if they'd had, because like the thing that I often see, and this is something for yeah, a question for you guys, but I, I, I more commonly see you know, tunings in the IEM world, for example, that are specifically done for a given market, right? Um, talking to Tom from Dunu, you know, he was saying that like there's a there's a very uh, specific type of tuning that people in the Chinese market prefer, and that's not the same as what people in North America prefer. And I've seen this a lot, and to me, that would only make like if you're going to do this kind of evaluation, it would probably require the kinds of of you know music that would be more appropriate for those tunings do you know what i mean like it would probably and i know this totally goes against there's the whole circle of confusion issue but like what do you guys think of that it just like the lack well, of i would have just let the people choose their music beforehand yeah that might play be this place for them which yeah but like they're trying to again they're trying to control for this because they're trying to say you know we're only going to be it's, we can't have different recordings 
and recording styles influence this, but I, I don't see why not. Yes, but like for <laughs> if you're going, it's see in my mind if you're going for a frequency response that's supposed to be the most natural to the human ear, the ear drum mm -hmm. right. stuff, right? A guitar should sound just as natural as you know a cello, vocals, if you, if, the, yeah. yeah, all that stuff should be you know balanced yeah. the same if it's regardless of if you recorded it, right? So. Yeah. I mean, yes, there will be certain things that get done and, you know, mastering and edits, but for the most part, it'll, it should remain fairly constant. I mean, yeah, ideally, that is if most people hear the same way. And well, and I, 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 I don't think there's that much of a difference, at least as far as, yeah, for, for recording styles, depending on the culture. I don't think, at least I haven't heard of that. Maybe there is, but, but that doesn't, uh, yeah. From what I understand, the, there was, again, from that conversation earlier with Tom from Dunu about like the differences between, you know, uh, the, the Chinese audience and what they like uh, as far as the tuning, they wanted that 2K hertz, 2 to 3K hertz forwardness, kilohertz, sorry, <laughs> 2 to 3K forwardness. Um, and that was specifically for the way that it makes certain vocals sound. But to me, like, you would have to confirm that you could you'd only be able to confirm that if you played the the music that that you know is preferable there right if, if there's a cultural uh, relevance for for music choice um, so i think that's that was kind of missed in the study um a little bit um the other yeah the other issue like we, we got to go back to the eq thing because yeah, it's getting controversial in chat i'm seeing Tyler's, well. you know adding some fire there. <laughs> I mean, um, I have no problem with EQ. I just personally don't believe in it. I mean, I, well, I don't really? not believe in it. I heard it get called the devil like twice. I'm joking. Come on. Like, I mean, I'm definitely, wait, 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 but wait, like, wait. I, Tyler, I do think. Do you, do you use the RME ADI2 for EQ or do you prefer no. Peace? You don't use either. I don't use either. Well, he uses Peace for the microphone. I know that. I use Peace for a mic, but that's different. Okay, but, but. Yeah, I'm a hypocrite. If you had. So what? <laughs> no, but I, so I. <laughs> I was gonna say if you use the ADI two for EQ, but then not piece. I have, I have used ADI yeah, two, yeah. and I actually like the ADI two the best of all the EQ I have currently on hand. But if I had my choice, I'd probably want something like the the shit um, the Loki. Loki, uh, but I want simple. more. Yeah, I want analog. Yeah. I, I like analog, but I mean, at the end of the day, even then, like, I don't know, man. I'd rather I have enough headphones here that I like that I just swap to a, a headphone if I want a different sound signature right like i'll just throw the sure. hundreds on or if i throw them on tubes i mean yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, see that to me that right there what you just said is is the biggest argument against eq because mm -hmm. it, it takes there, there's a risk that it takes the fun out of having multiple headphones mm -hmm. right you can just you know switch to different but then, but then we can't say that invalidate eq because that doesn't show the other characteristics because then we're saying we're missing them and they would still be pressing with eq as long as which they're really not, the I, I don't, I don't agree driver. i do yeah, not agree I, with that either though. i i completely agree with chrono on that one. <laughs> i think if you're evaluating an lcd2 and you're not mm -hmm. eqing it it's not going to be very fun if you're evaluating an lcd2 with eq you're going to have a way better time um potentially but that's why i also think it was surprising that they used the 518 when the yeah, LCD2 that was, weird was in the study. Same with the HD 800. But it was the right. older LCD. Well, the HD so maybe... I think the HD 100 with EQ would have would have broken. Yeah, it wouldn't enough. have been as good. No, because not... you have to like. There's a lot of adjustment that you have to make. That's the thing, right? Yeah, for the for the for the standard version for the yeah. HD 100 non -S. So yeah. I own these, right, guys? So if you guys know, I actually bought one. And, <laughs> See. Uh, HD 100 gang. Because I feel like it's gonna. I give. I feel like. 
Well, once I one I don't use much EQ because I don't feel like this one needs it as much, right? Yeah. And two because I feel like it's gonna reach a breaking point or a point where it starts sounding a little artificial, which was the case with the HCA twenty when you you know you push exactly. It yeah. So there there's certain drivers that react better to that. The Odyssey ones are fantastic. You know they're very mm -hmm. customizable in terms of with EQ. You don't feel like you're doing anything strange to it. And I mean ultimately I feel like this is an HC100S with or without EQ, right? That's that's for me. That's that's just been my experience, and you know, it allows me the flexibility to, if, if there's one specific frequency band that I want to adjust, and I don't have, you know, uh, infinite time or cash to figure out which specific chain would solve that otherwise, then mm -hmm. I just go with EQ, right? It's just, which, it's just simpler, more flexible. And, and less expensive. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's it's cheap, it's free, it's easy, like you just said. Like I don't, I have no problem with the people at EQ. I don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I just personally, uh, for me, whenever I've done EQ, uh, outside of like little things like the Stelia EQ I did that you sent me, uh, Chrono, and some other ones I've played with, but most of the time, whenever I've EQ'd anything, either be a piece, but ADI two, there's always something in it in somewhere that the sound gets weird to me. Like I hear compression somewhere else or like there's always, it's a give and take too much to my, to my ears, to my preference, I guess, if that makes sense. What is uh, the compression that you're hearing? Like it, or like, so for instance, I don't know, like it just, it just doesn't sound right. Like, so, um, I, I'm, I'm not the most scientific-y person, yeah, but yeah. whenever I've EQ'd something, it's always never sounded right. Like it doesn't but sound Could that be natural. because of psychoacoustic effects like well first it could be because you're so used to the way that it sounds without mm -hmm. eq the second could be psychoacoustic effects of knowing that mm -hmm. you did you did something with digital you know thing there and then that because w I, this is something i also want to get into with this and it relates to the paper because um the the benefits of what of their methodology in the paper it, was that um they were able to do the double blind aspect of this yeah which we don't normally get to do right this is not something mm -hmm. that us as headphone reviewers or evaluators get to get to do we can't just uh, unless unless we do use eq right but um you know we always have to deal with all the additional framing effects of psychoacoustics that comes along and this will definitely influence like t at least to the same degree um you know our our, our overall you know impression uh, another thing i, I will I say is it gets sucked out too. I think I've, that's especially with the the software stuff that you can get. Sorry, Chrono, I'll, I'll let you jump in in a sec. But I wanted to kind of do, mention do this. you mean kind of um, like uh, the so you're talking about EQ again, right? Yeah, EQ stuff. Like so, there's a remember there, there's that what's that software that everyone likes to use? It's like the automatic one. It's like the auto EQ. Uh, auto works, but there's another one that's like the main brand. You have to pay like seventy five bucks for it, and you oh, can Sonar like, works, yeah. Sonar works, yeah. Sonar works. So yeah. like I had that for a bit. And like every time I played with it, it sounded sucked out, and like it it it, it lost a lot of its like each headphone I played with, like just it yeah it, it uh, lost its soul, it got sucked out, it got this I don't know. I have a it's, I have a theory behind that, but I think one of the reasons why it could actually have more to do with uh, volume. Well, there's mm -hmm. two reasons why. One would be that the headphone itself can't take it. Mm -hmm. Like for example, it introduces distortion or whatever else. Like for example, the HDA20, the amount that you'd have to EQ that, it, it gets challenging. Yeah. yeah. So you have to retain some of that flavor, I think, mm -hmm. um, in order for it to not sound weird. But um, the other aspect of it is, is I think um, loudness, like overall yeah. loudness. It definitely goes you, quieter and then you have to crank up yeah. the volume and then it's, and yeah. even then though, I'm like, ugh. And then, so and then, yeah, it's just. This is why the best way to EQ, I, I think, and it's worth trying this experiment, Tyler, just, mm -hmm. just for yourself. Um, if you use piece, don't adjust the pre-gain first. 
Oh, I never because, messed with that. Gain always jack it up. <laughs> because you, it'll always screw up your, you know, the different volume levels will always screw it up. And I even noticed this. This is something that I think anybody who's doing EQ needs to also pay attention to. When you, even if you don't have any pre-gain amplifying going on, um, an EQ that significantly boosts one range or another is not normalized volume to non-EQ because you've boosted the range considerably. Mm -hmm. And that means that it's kind of unfair no matter what you do. Yeah. Um, now, that's better. it's better to do it that way than to add pre-gain. I'm, I'm not saying mm -hmm. don't add, don't add, you know, or don't do that before, but still it is something you know if you if you had the, the volume of the non-eq'd headphone a, like at that one range that you boosted at a higher level then you would maybe have a better sense of it so yeah uh, i do think it, it, it there's there are challenges in involved that come as a result of loudness differences when you eq things simply by dint of you changing the 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 overall mm -hmm. uh volume of those ranges um so that can have an effect i think to a certain degree but it's not uh, the one thing i want to like kind of um i guess cut across it with eq is that um there there isn't any sort of digital aspect to this if you're doing eq digitally and as long as you're doing it correctly no digital stuff should show up this isn't uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I agree. Like have... with the Stelio, that's what I was trying to say before too. Is like the Stelio yeah. EQ I did, it was so minimal. And once I tracked it, I was like, okay, I can hear it, and I didn't hear any issues. Like you're talking about, I didn't hear any issues overall. Yeah. But I, but I still was just like, um, what I was sorry to interject, but what no, I was going to comment on earlier was that I think it is mostly psychoacoustic because mm -hmm. I don't feel that way about headphones, but with guitars, I can't have anything. Like there's something that won't let me have anything digital in my chain. Like I just got like, too bad. For, it, it, yeah. for me, it's for me, it's I, I don't even like using pedals because for me, it's like oh, it's messing up my my yeah. my chain of sound. I, I it, it can only be you know humbuckers straight into a uh, amplifier, <laughs> and that's and that's it. And I, it won't even even if something digital sounds great. And I, I I had the opportunity to do some blind testing one time because I was really bored, and my father also plays guitar, so we. He brought up some some guitars and he had like fifteen of them. And I just started blind listening to them, and it's, I couldn't I couldn't always tell apart the like the ones that were simulating stuff like digital from the real ones. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do think that there's a, a very non you can't ignore this, this sort of psychological factor behind it because at least with EQ I haven't I've never come across unless I'm really pushing it like with the HCA twenty mm -hmm. or or this one, when I try to push the bass maybe a little too hard, I can start hearing stuff that was definitely not supposed to be there. But aside from that, I really can yeah. I can never really come across with any issues. Yeah. Um, so getting back on track with the, the paper, um, the, the reason why we went into that um, whole discussion about EQ is because th there are some concerns. I think, you know, good ones that, you know, EQ, at least with the 518, um, may introduce some challenges. I don't have as many reservations about EQ in general, but I, I do think that they used the wrong headphone. But I, I also just want to note that they probably used that headphone because it was already pretty close to the mm -hmm. tuning that they were suggesting. So they did probably didn't have to do that much to get it to the Harman target. But I imagine they would have had to, again, this it wasn't perfectly clear in the methodology for this, but if they used the 518 to simulate 
the uh, frequency response of an LCD2 and a HD800 and a Beats, whatever that Beats one was, I, I imagine that would introduce quite a bit more of an issue um, as far as like the limits of what you can do with the EQ. And they did note that they didn't boost the bass as much because they didn't want to introduce distortion problems and stuff like that. But I still don't see why they didn't use the LCD2 for that overall. Because at least with the LCD2, you know it can handle all the various different EQ that's going on. And then you can you can be a little bit more confident that the preferences that you're getting aren't just based on minimal EQ versus extreme EQ. Do you know what I mean? Um, where if you're pushing it really far on the EQ front, you, you can cause issues. Um, that's, yeah, and, that, and especially on the dynamic driver headphones, you don't even have to push them that far. So uh, yeah, that's something yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing, uh, I want to bring Precog in on this as well. Yeah, Back to the, sure. you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, the, the other thing too is, so obviously that was in 2014 and the HD 100 and the LCD2 were the two probably big you know headphones popular headphones mm -hmm. at the time um i mean there were other ones as well like the he 500 and whatever else but the they went with those two headphones and what i wonder is if they ran the same experiment now with um you know other options out there and instead of comparing a 518 you used an, an eq'd focal clear uh or you know something else that's also in of a similar you know uh range um if we could not not choose but choose among four headphones or four different tunings for the best one, but instead get a more fine-grained um, preference result out of something like this, um, which they they obviously did that eventually with the 2018 target. But still, I wonder if that would be more applicable for a a study like this as well, because really when you're choosing between four different tunings, you're very limited as far as you know what the what you're, you're pretty limited as far as like yeah what the options are and i don't think there's that many people out there like i think it's pretty obvious right like that people would have preferred the uh 518 tuned to a harman target over a 518 tuned to a default lcd2 target that to me is like that, that's low-hanging fruit uh, in a way and that was my biggest concern with this paper was that it was low-hanging fruit that it really just was meant to sort of validate what they were already assuming. It was just, it was meant to kind of just bolster their initial premise, not necessarily, um, yeah, not necessarily to uh, do as good a job for uh, identifying what these differences might actually be if they do exist. Um, so that's my my uh, spiel on that, but I wanna turn this over to, to Precog and then we'll maybe take some, some questions from the chat. Um, uh, yeah. Precog for the for the question I mentioned earlier about the different tunings for IEMs that the different mm -hmm. markets have. Do you think this would be sad? Do you think you could run a similar study to the one that we just talked about um, with IEMs where you used something like the Dunu Luna as one of the uh, comparables? Mm, not really. Someone mentioned this in the chat, but okay. you have like physiological differences between like regions i'm guessing like even um just uh, just the way your ear is shaped because um with headphones you, you kind of don't have to bypass that the ear compensation right and i think you yeah. mentioned this before where you're not you don't have to make a guess where that ear compensation is going to be yeah so i don't think that would work as ideally in this if you were to apply it to ioms and that's also probably a large part of the reason why you do have so many very 
tunings between IMs right. out there. Um, it's the yeah the the assumption uh, for what the different well basically the assumption of what pin again you would require. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and then this also I mean for over your headphones we're now doing that for the room, but and, and really I mean that's what it comes down to with the Harman target is like what you know what do we want to want the what do we assume is normal for people's experience of speakers in a room, but um, with the Luna. <laughs> specifically or with that i guess that idea about physiological differences the the one cat the one yeah issue with that that i see is um in theory though because we're normalizing for the physiological differences everybody is um it shouldn't make that much of a difference right like we all have our own hrtf and stuff like this mm -hmm. so in theory um and this i mean it's a bit of an issue like for even just that like let's say tuning assumption and that physiological differences among people for for ear shape and stuff like that would change how they hear things and um i think because we've been sort of normalizing for our physiological differences like our brains correct for this shouldn't should that matter should the physiological mm. differences really matter as much um or, or and this gets to the question of you know is it actually the physiological differences or do you think it's more culturally based for how people want their their music to sound it is probably more culturally based, I think, just because, as you noted before, there are definitely different musical preferences between regions, and mm -hmm. I, I think that would take precedence over um, over physiological differences. Um, yeah, but at, at the end of the day, it's probably going to be a little bit of both. I think, as with most things. Yeah, yeah. There's probably a uh, like a threshold for where physiological differences really do start to matter. Yeah. <laughs> for me, yeah. The, the, the cultural one is, a, is an interesting one and one that I'm not sure what to make out of because it's like, if it's like, what, how, how would, how, how does that, how do you think that, that affects it? Like, because I'm still trying to like understand it better, what kind of impact that would have. Like, would it be the, the musical choice, the kind of instruments, the sounds you're, you're used to hearing in music? Like, um, I, I think it could be everything from, um for, well from that to um i i even did i was uh, doing a bit of um research into um cross-cultural music theory um where you have like again there's like sort of like western music theory and stuff like that which is sort of like what we are used to with like the traditional kind of like let's say um trajectory and canon of classical music but there's so much more history or just as much you know uh music theory in music from all kinds of different cultures um that we don't it's not it doesn't show up as commonly in in sort of the western world but what i wonder is if part of that let's say cultural canon for for music um also has an impact on what people prefer for how they hear it um but that's something that yeah i, I don't know enough about that yet yeah, it's just speculation on my part <laughs> um, but it would be like that would be the the route that i would go for investigating this kind of thing um because there is enough there are enough um yeah indicators that um especially also just looking at market research for what people prefer there's enough there that warrants um you know taking it seriously i think yeah and <laughs> Android HRTF Harman reference target functional for real. They actually did something like this in the paper. I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but they called it Harman acoustic uh, tr oh, train yeah. something. Hard. And their hats. acronym their acronym hats. was HATS. And I was like, hats. that's not what HATS stands for. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. 
Um, okay, so I think we've we've talked this paper to death. Needless to say, we are probably not completely satisfied. Is that fair to say, guys? Yeah. Uh, yeah. From the audio file perspective, um, I, mean, I yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Tyler. I was gonna say another thing. Like, it's really interesting to me is like the people like the EQ factor. Kind of touching back on that a little bit, not regarding this paper, but in general across the board. For me, I wanted to kind of say. Like it's, I always say this, the barrier of entry, right? There's also that, like, and this is the meme thing a little bit, but the barrier of entry into listening to my music. If I have to go in and turn on another program, then listen oh, yeah. to music and then I have to, oh, okay, my, you know, and that's like Check, 20, 30, 40, 50 <laughs> minutes of me trying to figure out a profile. Well, it shouldn't be that long. I mean, be well, like, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it, but I mean, it's, it's, I mean, how long does it take you guys to create a, a EQ profile for a headphone? Like, oh, creating one? Yeah, that takes a while. Right. So, I mean, um, well, I think it depends on how you go about it. Depends on the headphone, I would say. Yeah, but I mean that's like, but it, it, for me personally, like I I want to get in and when I listen to music, yeah. I, that's my relaxed time to like sit down, well, put on headphones, uh, and chill. You're, you're you're also a dad with with limited time. Yeah, so that is, <laughs> I mean that is a factor for very sure. Understandable. Yeah, I, I completely understand the barrier to entry thing, and also I just think it's a very personal thing. I mean, if you think that yeah. EQ is the best sounding thing in the world, great. Then, if you think it's the worst sounding thing yeah. in the world, that's also great. I mean, yeah. do you? It's just another option. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Nobody. Um, I mean, it's nobody. I, I obviously I argue for it occasionally, but you know, I, I don't mean to like force it down people's throats are like oh yes you got aq or you're not here yeah it's like no it's not like that but and, and then the other factor is you personal. need to know what you're doing too like someone uh, i think uh pin pal pin yeah i saw that as well and so like you do you need to know whether where the frequencies are at where where those different shelves are and, and how to like uh, account for that right so if you don't know what you're yeah. doing you're looking at peace and you're like oh i'm just gonna <laughs> and just you know <laughs> yeah the, <laughs> Sorry, the, the one thing with the with the virtualized test thing that they did the virtualized that what i can't remember what they called it but it was like yeah basically the eq the virtual methodology headphone. virtual headphone yeah the one thing with that is that they did a study on this and uh you guys know i, I linked it in the in before but for anybody else who's wondering they actually did a study on this as well to determine the confidence level between the equalized headphone and the and the real one and it was it was pretty good but i i also do just want to like throw the additional like methodology scrutiny there for 15 minutes of listening time i don't think is it all i also don't think 15 minutes is enough now i know they had to go through 338 yeah. people or 238 200, people. but so, it was over a, a that was over a period of time though in different locations so 15 i mean 15 minutes is essentially here's here's the, the the like for me the that was the big takeaway is like you're basically saying that for first impressions this is the optimal <laughs> tuning yes right for 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 first impressions and in that sense i don't disagree but this is also why i i'm the i'm the first person to say that these all these high-end headphones that have crazy technical performance are able to get away with suboptimal tunings. Let's say suboptimal, if optimal is the Harman curve, mm -hmm. right? They're able to get away with you know non-Harman tunings that people enjoy because they're able to spend more time with them and get used to those tunings. Whereas in a 15-minute span, yeah, maybe the, the Harman tuning sounds best on a 518. <laughs> well, but, that's uh, that's what I was going to say. Like you normalize the sounds so quickly anyways that yeah. I think it is mostly about that first impression. I mean, I could throw on the HDA 20. If I wear it for a day, it's probably going to be the most natural sounding thing ever. Ooh, seen. I don't know. I don't know, man. That one's... No, I, I, I wore them for I a month. I, I wore them for a month. They were, and yeah, I didn't mind. Yeah, a month, a month I straight? Think, <laughs> well, I, I, I usually... The, yeah, I had those. I think I said mostly. Yeah. I think the normalization factors... Uh, it's pretty significant. I agree. Yeah, yeah. it's very significant. I, I'd yeah. Say. 
anyways, we've we have talked this uh, subject um, to death. But uh, any any last thoughts? Uh, let, me, let me begin with precog. Actually, precog. Um, real quick, to add to that, real quick, you did a thing recently where you did the M M nine, and your first impression yeah, yeah. was a fantastic, and then you did the review, and you had some holes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So <laughs> it is really easy to sort of like acclimate to a signature, but I do think you need like several days or something or at least for me personally i won't speak for everyone because that's a very personal thing mm -hmm. but um at least for me i need several days to fully analyze and go through everything that i might have missed on an initial first impression and my thoughts can change quite a bit although uh, they generally don't change significantly i think right plus all the framing effects that exist from whatever you listen to before or just the yeah, time of absolutely. day or whatever else. Yeah. And this would be operative in that study as well, where you can't be as confident in like, like I'm just wondering of like the, the um, I guess the chronological order of these, did they start mm. with the, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. that definitely makes a, a difference as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and, but yeah. Um, Man, the EQ thing really got people going. I have to say, <laughs> Just stop arguing about it. Just let it be, man. <laughs> I would, I would just, honestly, if, if people use it, just let them be. If people don't use it, also let them be. Just yeah. let people enjoy their stuff. That's it, I'd say. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. Um, but like, yeah, with, with the EQ stuff, like, uh, I think it's fine. I, I, I do recommend it, but I don't. I also don't think you have to do it. Yeah, um, that's another option. All right, um, let's take a few questions from the chat. Uh, we are trying to keep this one a little bit shorter because we're trying to have an easier time of turning this into a podcast. So um, <laughs> le let me turn this over to the questions from the chat. If you guys uh, want to uh, yeah, have any questions uh, about, about this paper or about this subject, um, but also just in general, I suppose, uh, just make sure you leave a question mark there with your with your question. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll, we'll miss it. Uh, I'll go to war for EQ. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why we started? Yeah. Well, that's uh, always it's a very personal thing, like you're saying. Like I think the EQ is it, it's not a bad thing. I'm joking when I say it's the devil and all this. I I just personally don't. I, I I'd rather have. I mean, also I found headphones that I really enjoy by themselves, so I don't really need to worry about EQ because to me these yeah. fit my preference curve, so I don't that's, really care to EQ them. That's that's the thing. Like um, if it, you know you buy a Focal Clear. <laughs> Do you really need to EQ if you have a Focal Clear? I, I mean, you can. Maybe you can improve mm -hmm. it here and there, but I don't think it's not like if you buy, you know, an LCD X or right. Like there, yeah, it really depends on the headphones that you're, you know, you're getting. Depends or on the headphones, like, the personal preferences. Experience, also, if you like that tuning, and, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah if you, if like, you like exactly. the tuning, then you don't need to do it, obviously. Um, and that's the other thing too, like with the whole, like I. I say, okay, I wouldn't recommend an LCD4 without EQ. I, I mean that, but there are going to be people who do like that kind of sound. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. If you like it, then you don't need to EQ it. Yeah. Uh, so actually, that's a good question because you have uh, the Verite open. Uh, anybody else? Uh, well, Precog, uh, you don't have any ZMS, I don't think. No, right? not and at all. And then, God, I'm, I'm all weird out. Uh, I have the, my image mirrored, so I'm yeah. trying to like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Chrono, you're getting one soon. Um, for the question regarding uh, ZMF and, and EQ, I've I've never EQ'd any of my ZMFs. So I mean, but then uh, again, yeah. 
I am I I love the tuning of the ZMS. So well, all you, the ones I've heard. You can I've also heard, pad swap. That's the thing. And There's you can so pad swap. Yeah. And, yeah. and like uh, for me, like th- that's my other thing. Is like I actually found like all the ZMS I've heard so far. I'm I, that's why I'm a kind of a ZMF fanboy to some level is because they just I I like them. Like I don't have any issues with them personally. Like I actually yeah. prefer their sound signature. I prefer what they're doing. Um, and they all have unique pieces to it. And so I enjoy those unique factors for each different ZMF headphone I've listened to also. Right. Um, so, sorry, sorry, was that so <laughs> what like, was the question? <laughs> so so for, that was my reaction to like, oh. do, you, do you EQ a ZMF? And so that was my thing saying, I don't, I personally do not. But then, so you have, so like what, what yeah. was your experience with EQing the ZMS then? Yeah, actually pretty, I, I, it's not comprehensive because I haven't, um, I don't have all the pads. I've only got, yeah, like four or five of them. And there are so many different pads. Um, and obviously the, what I EQ changes depending on the pads. And there are other, the reason why I did this, I mentioned this in a, in a previous live mm-hmm. stream we did, but the reason why I, I, I basically created an EQ profile to the same target for each of the pads, because I wanted to see what other characteristics would come through, you know, whether it's detail, soundstage, et cetera, uh, with, you know, that wasn't impacted by the, the tuning and the tonal balance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I did find that there were some differences um, and also for comfort and things like that as well. So, um, it does the verite open um so some of the pads are pretty easy to eq some of them are really 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 challenging to eq mm-hmm. to the point where for some of them i just i, uh, I give up kind of <laughs> gave, yeah gave up. like the, the the verite flat pads like the flat leather perforated pads the ones that come on there by default i, I actually think they sound decent by default um i know some people prefer the universe ones that there are that also come with it but um what I, I that was one that i just i had to give up on the eq because um in the once it gets into the treble it's nearly impossible to get 100 percent you know the way to match you know the other um uh, tunings that you have with different pads so uh, but the i think the easiest one to eq was actually the, both universe pads were the easiest to eq yeah. um and uh these sorry the suede ones that i have on there so the be2 suede that i have on there right now were they take a lot of filters but uh i was able to get that um the the biggest challenge to get the eq right on the verite was because i'm using the the gross rig to do it and the biggest challenge was to ensure that the clamp force was accurate for how it would be on my head because what i noticed and i, I was able to replicate this with in-ear microphones as well what i noticed was that the frequency response would change depending on how significant the clamp was inwards oh, yeah. and when I didn't have the clamp as strong as it was when I'm actually wearing it, uh, uh, around right around like five to six k, um, there was a significant peak. And when the uh, sorry, there there wasn't a significant peak when I didn't have it clamped properly. But when I did clamp it properly, there was there was a significant peak, and that was what I had to reduce. And I wouldn't have known that just by looking at a a measurement where the clamp wasn't the same as the way it was on my head. So this is, again, this is why one of the ways that those um, in-ear microphones are useful. But um, yeah, so uh, as far as like the overall experience of, of EQing them, I think, yeah, the, the answer to that question is uh, it really depends on the pads because some will be easier, some will be more challenging. I think the best technical performance, you still get it from those the leather ones, but mm-hmm. uh, there's also the comfort benefits of the suede so 
yeah there's a lot that goes into that <laughs> yeah it'd be interesting yeah and, and someone asked like the I, I don't know why it, pads are harder to eq depending but yeah. like that that was a question i don't some I peaks some things that might arise that you if, to just eq them down or up they it might you might have to push the driver a little harder harder than uh, other sense with other pads yeah that's that's the challenge you'll run into and sometimes some pads and certain headphones while it might confuzzle the EQ with them or it might be just the FR. Yeah. Actually, when I checked the THD on this as well, when doing EQ, there was not much change. Like it did not, I was surprised and impressed at how well the Verite was able to handle um, the, the EQ Fast drivers. Yeah, it's, Fast it's what it is. You know, it's able to handle it without falling apart, which is really That's good. actually some, Elmerick mentioned it too, actually a little bit of back ago. Um, when he EQs, and this is kind of like what I was trying to talk about, he actually said it better than I did, but like um, EQ, I notice it does, I, the dynamics is what I think I'm, I'm missing. I think that's the part that's, as my camera flew on my hand, but the, the dynamics is what takes the hit, right? So I you guess mean dynamic have, range? Yeah. Like, like dynamic, dynamic dynamics? Or, yeah. Okay. Like the dynamic range of like the, and so like with, maybe that's what it is, and maybe having a faster driver can help with that some way to allow EQ. It could be, yeah. I mean, you're you're also... I mean, I don't, I'm not I'm not even a person that's... I'm just speculating. This is something... So. We should we should try this experiment out, because I have... Um, if you ever get a, get a hold of the BE2 Suede's, mm-hmm. I have my Verite EQ profile perfectly set for the Verite... for the uh, BE2 Suede pads. Okay. Um, it's not as perfectly set for the other um pads so maybe actually we can find pads that we both have mm-hmm. and i can create an eq profile and then we can do the blind uh testing <laughs> oh, I gotcha. uh, for mm-hmm. for for eq to see um to see if it works essentially um yeah but re- regardless of that i'd be more i'd be almost more curious to hear your thoughts on if we did an eq profile for you on like the lcd2 or something mm-hmm. like that then they add because a easier to EQ this thing. is this is the thing you just mentioned with um with dynamic drivers and and that kind of thing um where you know you, you say you lose a bit of the dyna- dynamics um this might not be yeah i could see it if you're pushing the driver too much but this might not be as much of an issue with uh planars yeah maybe that's what the planars because they just have that that plucked factor it's easier well and they're really i mean they can take eq <laughs> quite a bit better than dynamic yeah drivers they do might. yeah um that'd be a fun experiment Taking control of one of that's our what I'm thinking. Yeah, we're gonna do a blindfold of it. When Microsoft Assist and then the yeah. keys on and off, but they don't know which one's which. Yeah, they're not allowed to listen to the headphone for a week beforehand, so they they don't even have the sound memory. Be interesting. Oh, I, I'm I'm okay with that. I I, I just want it to yeah. be. we can get random. Android in on that. It'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, actually, Android. I was gonna send him a profile for that as well, but I know he doesn't use the BE2 suede either. Um. Or maybe he does. He might. I'll have to order some. Yeah, yeah. I'll reach out to um, Zach and Orson. So, okay. Um, can someone aware me on why the pads make it so hard to EQ? That's kind of my oh, question. We, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we went over that one. Yeah. Um, okay. Any other questions, guys? Um, is distortion issues rather than consistency? Uh, oh, that's part of the same question. Yeah. Oh, he does. The Android does want to join the experiment. Yeah, he does want to join. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. See, I love, <laughs> I love this, this, the idea of doing these kind of double-blind experiments and stuff like that because it reveals things about you know us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and your preferences and your likes, preferences, and that, yeah. but also it reveals like the influence of psychoacoustics and all mm-hmm. the rest of this stuff. Like I, I'm the first person to say that all, the things that that we're talking about in the audiophile world, um, 
matter, like the like detail and dynamics mm -hmm. and all the rest of this stuff. Whereas I, I don't know how much people outside of this realm really care about <laughs> that stuff or even know about <laughs> this stuff. Because those are all just like subjective things, right? They're like, yeah. this is how I hear this, right? And Yes. Mm -hmm. We're not talking necessarily about what sound does. But then how much can you actually pick that up on if you did a double blind and like how but much it, would your preference it, would be? And over 15 minutes, right? Yeah. It, <laughs> <think> yeah. <laughs> with three tracks. Three, with three tracks. <laughs> yeah. That you might uh, not even HD, like. <laughs> uh, okay, here's here's the question. Is the HD800 going to have a spot in Tyler's upcoming full ZMF collection? Yeah, I'm keeping my... It already does. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. the 800? Mm -hmm. The 800. I assume it means HD 800. Yeah, I am keeping my HD 800. I love this thing. It's uh, it's not... It's, and it's SDR modded. So it's yeah. SDR mod. I have Dakoni yeah. Hybrid Elites on there. Um, oh, wow. Some people, okay. some people don't like that. I personally Wait, like it. Wait, do you it. have the pilot pad? And the pilot pad on top. <laughs> it's, they're comfortable Man. as all heck. Um, and they are something magical with uh, the ball head crack. So, like, there's every time I've went to get rid of these, I haven't listened yeah. to them in a long time. I'll throw them on the crack just for like, oh, this one more time. And then I'm like, oh, nope, can't get rid of them. So, I need to steal that Cayenne tube app from Taryn. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty fun one i have it sitting over here actually since i got the t4 it's all unplugged i haven't used it but yeah. uh yeah no i need to steal it from taryn because i that's the meme now is i steal all of the good stuff from taryn it's what, true what you it's your story you are a, a, evil mistress evil mistress yeah <laughs> he kept all the, he kept all the gear yeah <laughs> yep i, uh, well, I listen to an hc 100 but it does have an sdr mod it's just called an s and then it's just stock Pads and headbands. Oh, you're going to get people saying that the original HDR HD HD 100 with the SDR mod is better. It is slightly better. Here's the thing. Oh, here's another <laughs> thing. That people, like, probably people will find this crazy. Like, I love EQing, right? But I'm afraid of modding. Like, I don't like doing physical changes. I'm all. with you there, man. See, I love, I mean, I I love, you, I love physical changes. Which, which is different. Again, it's different on guitar because on guitar, I love making physical changes. I love swapping yeah. out the pots and pickups and yeah. tuners and machine guns and all that. That's. But on headphones, I, I can't. I can't do mods. I can barely swap pads. Honestly, it's just I'm. Af I'm afraid. I'm. Oh, there's also this sort of like. Oh, it has to be in stock physical form mm -hmm. for me to, to like. Unless, well, if it's easy to do, it's not really. Yeah. But if there's like messing with stuff, yeah. Um, we can name this the chronophobia. <laughs> um. Well, you don't want to be breaking connectors, do you? Uh, <laughs> it all came from the... <laughs> uh, okay. Um, but we love you, Chrono. Come back. I see the... Uh, he's punishing us for us yes. for our transgressions. Uh, the... Oh, this person has said Hans BQ's and channel has discussed how, head, how environment and culture will influence listening preferences. So I know there's been more research done on the subject. Um, and so yeah, this was just the one paper from 2014 that Sean Olive did. Um, so this isn't like comprehensive and they also concluded in the paper that it wasn't yeah. comprehensive. So they're not trying to say that their conclusion is like the only thing, just that it's predictive, that's all. Mm -hmm. um, in, which, in which like I'm inclined to agree that of those groups that they chose, of those uh, four different headphones and tunings, they, yeah, I mean, to me it's like there this was a platitude kind of it was yeah. like low-hanging fruit that was kind of obvious <laughs> yeah, they, kind of already knew. Yeah. they already knew yeah, this is yeah. Like, i'm but, surprised they didn't, they didn't choose something you know actually popular amongst the, the experienced crowd i mean aside from nope. the hd i was gonna say that, man, that was the... no hd 600 no hd 650 right? 
no Dune Luna. Well, we can't do that in 2014, yeah, but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. But but the, the fact that the Germans like the HD 100 better was, I mean, that's a little <laughs> that bit. That cracked me up a little, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it wasn't that they liked it better than Harmon. It's just that they had a, yeah, a, a more of a preference for the HD 100 tuning than the other groups. Um, Okay, one more question, guys, and then we're gonna we're gonna call it, and we're gonna add this as a podcast as well, because um, that's kind of what we're doing here. We're uh, we're we're trying to go through uh, an AES paper. You know, a, a lot of this stuff is stuff that we may be poking holes in and you know, disagreeing with uh, a few things here and there from like the audio file perspective. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, like we're not trying to discredit it or anything. Like I don't want to say that you know, they're you shouldn't pay attention to it. Like we're not scientists. We're, we're just we're not scientists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this is just an analysis of it and seeing maybe there's ways of doing this better. Maybe there are things that we would care about um, that would be, you know, if we were running it, we would we would want to include these things as well. Um, but obviously, yeah, we're not we're not the scientists here. Uh, we, Martin says we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We prefer yeah. dynamic. <laughs> the Germans. They oh, like man. those stabby boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more efficient for hearing uh, <laughs> treble peaks, I suppose, for, for hearing sibilant tones. Um, okay. Uh, if there's no other questions, guys, uh, which I don't see, I do see some discussion in the chat, which is interesting. But um, I'll leave you guys to. Yeah, there's uh, some pretty good. Yeah, chats. this is a really interesting discussion going on. Um, so, okay, without uh, without any additional questions, we're going to call it for today. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and thanks to everybody for, for joining us.